And welcome to Civil Discourse. I'm Jamie Wojciechowski. And I'm Marilyn Brown. And today's quote that we're starting off with is actually a tweet by Robert Greene. And it is, information is useless unless you know how to interpret it, how to use it to tell appearance from reality. And you sent me uh, a video. Uh, mm-hmm. Who was it? Of um, Donahue, Donahue on yeah on CNN talking about the election and kind of this narrative that's been created, I think, on, on both sides of the aisle of um, trying to place blame on Russia and third party voters. Mm-hmm. And he brought up a great point of the the fact that a majority of the electorate didn't even show up to vote. And right. he kind of talked about the, the danger of trying to place blame on uh, one group or trying to simplify the problem as opposed to having uh, a real conversation um, ab- about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, wh- what, what are your, your, kind of views or take on on the video but just the the larger i guess conversation with that yeah i i when i saw that video i sent it to you immediately because it just felt like for me like kind of a breath of fresh air as far as um a change in the discussion i've been you know much more active on twitter kind of following twitter much more than i used to and 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 it's difficult because there is it it there's a lot of um, communication around around blame and around kind of focusing on, like you said, third party voters and um, you know other issues, the the Russia scandal and things that that you know I'm not um, not saying that 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 there's not that things that don't need to be vest- investigated shouldn't be investigated, but at the same time, just kind of recognizing that there's just been so much of these kind of insular conversations where you're just, you know, on one side regurgitating the same kind of talking points over and over and not really getting anywhere. And I feel like that's part of how we got here. Um, and so it's frustrating to see that the conversations haven't gotten more mindful um, across the board. And and it, it, you know, for me, it feels kind of worrisome. And so when I saw that video, I was like, oh, yes, you know, this is, this is great. We need more, you know, people focusing on the the fact that, like he said, a majority of the electorate didn't vote. I mean, that is, that's huge, you know, and, and, and yet it's much easier for people to focus on what they call Bernie bros, you know, or things like that. Because I think, I don't know if it's partially, I don't know if it's just more entertaining to talk about those things. I think some of it, you know, we had a, we did a video on, um, jokes and how comedy and political comedy, is it, is it helping or is it not helping? And I think some of that is kind of that pull to just kind of, there's an entertainment factor in some of these conversations, Mm -hmm. but also realizing that if they're going on, they at least need to be interpreted from the right standpoint. And a lot of times there's little bits of facts that people use to kind of um, support whatever their stance is, but leaving out a lot of the really salient points. I, I see very little full kind of like um, write-ups on research and more just like a few different little points or like those infographics that have like, you know, certain things that may sound really 
you know, um, important, but really, if you actually look at the full, the, the full picture, they're, they're really just a small piece of things. And so that concerns me. And so, yeah, I just think that I want to find a way for us to have more of those conversations. Yeah. I think it's hard with the news media because I think part of it is entertainment that the news media has kind of become, I mean, it's focused on ratings and and Mm -hmm. wanting to entertain and that affects how they do stories and, and give information. But I think part of it too is uh, the consumers, the way consumers watch the news and what they expect Mm -hmm. from the news. And I think there's this expectation of answers from the news and mm-hmm. the news to tell them what what's going on in a way. And yeah. that leads more to oversimplifications to find an answer as opposed to deepening conversations that are, are complex and don't have one solution. Cause when you, when you get down to it, you can't blame third party voters. You can't blame Russia. Mm-hmm. You can't play you can't just blame voters who or the electorate that didn't vote. It's a combination of all these it's things all together. Right. And you can have a conversation about, well, which had more effect than other things. But th- that's two things. It's I think it's an important conversation to have if you're going to have a real conversation about it. But it's also hypothetical because you're just doing it based on what ifs. We, we don't right. actually know. There is no answer. And I think that's why... The conversations aren't had as much. But mm-hmm. the thing I loved about what, what he said was he was talking about um, apathy and how he thought mm-hmm. that the, the root of the, the, the problem, not an oversimplification that this is the only problem, but the root of right. the problem is this apathy. And, I mean, we've been saying that since mm-hmm. we, we started doing this show. Yeah. And, I think that I, I love seeing the conversation going there because that's a whole big other conversation of why there's so much right. apathy and how we correct that apathy. And I right. think we're kind of in a, in a in a place where everything kind of works against, I guess, works to support that apathy because the, actually yes. the conversation that they were trying to have with him on CNN was an apathetic conversation. And he kept trying to bring it back Mm -hmm. to an empathetic conversation. And you could see that there was a disconnect there between the, the newscasters not even know how to deal with him wanting to have that kind of conversation. Right. Yeah. That was one of the things that really stuck out to me was how, um, you could see like the, the disconnect and almost the resistance to have that kind of conversation. They wanted to kind of keep redirecting it back to what we've been talking about and, and, and just kind of that dynamic. But I think that like, you know, him identifying apathy as the root of, as, as one of the bigger roots of the problem. I think that that was so important that that be on, on CNN, you know, cause I think like that's a conversation that happens in different, um, smaller, um, news media organizations, but even, you know, even when you kind of saw that, how it, how it went, I feel like that can kind of resonate with people because there are so many people, the people who didn't vote, the people who have been feeling apathetic for years and feeling like nothing is going to change. What's the point of even caring, you know, kind of realizing, okay, someone sees that someone is actually aware that, that this is a problem. 
you know, and, and dealing with the apathy of it, 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 that takes us away from blame because it's about recognizing, okay, what are we not, what are we not getting? How are we not reaching our, our citizens? How are we not reaching the electorate rather than kind of focusing on blaming of, of who made the wrong choice rather realizing why aren't people choosing at all? You know, um, and I think that that's just in and of itself, I think a much more mindful conversation to had rather than blaming people that, that made a choice, whether you agree with the choice that people made or not to vote third party or, or, you know, whatever people's choice was that, that kind of, um, blaming of this is your fault. Cause you didn't, you know, go along with what, 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 what the majority felt like you should do that. That's, that's not effective. We don't get anywhere. You know, we, we continually just, just get stuck in that, that blame cycle when we do that. But then when we say, okay, well, actually the bigger problem is the people that we didn't reach. Um, and how do we address that and, and why that puts it more on, on you, on the, 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 um, the candidates, the, the, the politicians, our government, rather than putting it on the people. It's like, it's, it, you know, from my perspective, I think that it's up to them to help, you know, to, to make us want to vote and, and feel inspired and feel, you know, feel, and, and to not feel that apathy. And so it's kind of similar to like, um, as a therapist, you know, taking the stance that if a client's not making progress, it's not about that client, that the therapist isn't doing something effective. Right. And I think, too, it's important to realize that apathy is present in, in everyone at all times, in a way, yes. even when you're being empathetic, you're being empathetic towards one thing and, mm -hmm. and choosing to be empathetic, you're being apathetic to something else. Right. And I think that's an important to to recognize because, mm -hmm. you know, if you're a third party voter, you are being apathetic to a lot of things as you're making that choice. If you're not, if you're a, a Democratic voter, you're being um, apathetic to, to certain things. Mm -hmm. And if you're Republican, no matter what you are, if you're not voting, you're you're being apathetic. And I think when we right. do that self-reflection um, that through mindfulness of seeing where we are apathetic it it helps us just become aware of where we have our own work to do and yeah. helps us relate to others more because it's like what you're saying like there is no real point besides making ourselves temporarily the ego temporarily yeah. feel better by focusing on this this placing blame on others mm -hmm. or finding the blame because it doesn't right. it doesn't do anything right. productive it's basic it's basic psychology is mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. we all kind of feel the tribe that we're in and mm -hmm. the more others try to place blame or force things on us the stronger we hold on to our core beliefs and the the less likely we're right. to accept reason or mm -hmm. new information right. so if you actually if third party voters are the, the problem and this is just the example in in your head if you think they're the the problem and you want to change their minds you are not going to change their minds by placing blame on them that's just going to make them double down on the way they're already feeling it's okay. through empathy and broader conversations and and common understanding that i don't want to say that you're going to be able to change their minds but that you're going to be able to come together and, and understand one another and where everyone's coming from. Because I, for me, 
I think the important thing about living in a democracy is that whether you agree with me or not on anything, I want everyone to feel empowered and like their voice matters. So that's, I think, what we need to be to be focusing on, because if everyone if the entire electorate was voting because they felt empowered, it it wouldn't Mm -hmm. matter if if people were voting third party or if they were picking your candidate or what it is. It's because there's so much apathy that Mm -hmm. the stakes get higher because less people are making a decision. Right. Yeah. No, that's a really, really important point. And I think like, you know, that it it just. Yeah, that 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 point makes a lot of sense. And I think that we often miss that because, again, we're we're focusing on trying to to blame, but realizing that when people are inspired, it it, it, then things it's just. Our government runs more effectively when more people are involved, when more people care, when when more of the the the. the electorate is actually represented in the, in the, you know, that, that the citizens are actually represented in the electorate. Um, but I also think that right now that's even more important. I think it's been important, but I think like currently in the time that we're in right now, it's even more important because we have an administration that is intentionally, um, favoring a certain electorate, you know, favoring a certain, um, certain voters and, and, and certain media and certain things and really just kind of, um, devaluing everything else. And so I think it's much more important even now that people are actively finding what's important to them. So doing that mindfulness work to look inside and decide, what do I actually care about? What's important to me? What, where am I apathetic? Where, where, you know, what are the things that, 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 where I feel disempowered, you know, and, 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 and what can I do and how can I work on that and starting to grow and, and work kind of from the bottom up, you know, everybody internally doing that, that work. Cause I think that really um, it's getting more and more, um, more and more important. Cause I think that certain things that we've gotten used to and certain things that we've um, grown accustomed to living in a, in a democracy and having a free press are, are, are being threatened. And so I think it's getting that much more, um, vital, you know, that, that we all find a way, whatever our views are to, 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 to get involved and to, um, empower yourself. Yeah. I think it's, I I agree with all of that. And I think the, the hard part for me or the struggle is this, I guess, agenda of misinformation Mm -hmm. and, so just just an example of this. I was watching, and anyone who watches won't be surprised. I was uh, a Jill Stein supporter, still am. Um, mm-hmm. Whether you are or not is irrelevant to what I'm about to say. But she was on CNN, mm-hmm. and they were basically bringing her on to defend herself about um, going to the RT conference. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, she was at an RT conference two years ago, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I think it was way like before the election, um, yeah. and was there speaking about uh, globalism and environmentalism and against the the wars that Russia and the U.S. are engaging in mm-hmm. in the Middle East. And there's photos of her um, at a like a dinner table oh, at event uh-huh. because it was a Russian event with um, Vladimir Putin. Um, yes, so of course retweeted a lot of yeah. times. So no one cared about the picture about. until, until after the election when they mm-hmm. thought they could use it against her, but she was on there discussing that, but then they were also bringing up 
if she is the one who swung the election. And the point was what they were doing was they were showing these graphics and statistics of the difference between the the major swing states that Hillary Clinton lost, Hillary Clinton, how many votes she lost by, and Mm -hmm. the amount of votes Jill Stein had, which in all those states was greater than Hillary Clinton. So someone watching that, if you're just watching it and taking the information that CNN gave you, is going to is very likely to come out of that thinking, well, Jill Stein caused Hillary Clinton to lose because she got more votes than Hillary Clinton lost by. But what they didn't do is a lot of things. They never (laughs) mentioned Gary Johnson once, Mm -hmm. who which was Mm -hmm. the other candidate who Mm -hmm. got more votes, many more votes than Mm -hmm. Jill Stein. And they tried to make it seem like, which they have no statistical evidence to back this up, that any, if Jill was not in the race, all of those votes would have gone to Hillary Clinton, which just mm-hmm. some of them would have. A lot of those people would have stayed home. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if you're going to use that argument, then you also have to use the independent candidate on the right who took a lot of votes from Trump and got a lot more votes than Jill Stein. So it's what? just that the problem I have with that is that it's just it's misinformation. Mm-hmm. And I know there's with the alternative facts and the way the Trump administration uses it is, is a joke. But at the same time, there are alternative facts. And mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. that is one. Yeah. It's when you use facts out of context to push a narrative so, that if you right. had full context, there's a different it shows a, a, a different story. And I right. feel like that's a lot of what the news media does that's a lot mm-hmm. what i mean the trump administration makes up a lot of stuff but when they're mm-hmm. not making up stuff that's they're the kind skewing. of misinformation that right. they're they're spreading and it's it's i i the apathy that i see is frustrating but i also completely understand it because it does get overwhelming mm-hmm. i mean it's consistent mm-hmm. where i think i understand something and then i go look at a little deeper and it's completely yeah. different because what that wherever I saw the information wasn't giving me the the full picture. Right. Yeah. No, I think that is a that's I think one of the most important parts of the problem. And it's frustrating because I don't really know how we tackle that because the reality is that we also like to digest information in small little bits and we've become very accustomed to just like, you know, the the way the news does like those little videos where it's like a few facts with some news footage behind them and like kind of just words going on the screen and it's like three minute little things like we love to digest that stuff I know that I do and it's it's a challenge because doing that extra piece of doing more research looking deeper to see is this the full story is this what I should be concluding from this or is there a broader perspective and the funny thing is is most things are not just, you know, one cause, like, it's very rare that you can just look at something and see this very black and white cause and effect. And yet we keep seeking that, you know, we keep looking for things to just be so, 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 I don't know, quick, easy, like, I don't know, black and white, I don't know what it is. But I, I think that that's a challenge is that we've also become, you know, it's like gone are the days when people sit down and read an entire newspaper, you know, or a book. Or a book, right? <laughs> or a book, or you know, watch a whole. You know what I mean? It's like so. It, it's it's a challenge because I think we we're moving towards being even more accustomed to in consuming in things in small bites and in tweets and in infographics and things like that. And yet there is a a a, 
overwhelming amount of misinformation out there also mixed with just lies, you know, so there's misinformation, there's, there's, you know, skewed studies, um, and, you know, misinterpreted things like that. And then there's also just the, the, the intentional, um, lies that are, that are also flooded into the, into the mix. And so it's kind of this big ball of like, I don't know, it's a challenge to even know what to do. And I just, I don't know how mindful we are as a whole of like consuming information. Right. And I think that's the challenge is kind of like, yeah, I think everything kind of ends up going right back to mindfulness <laughs> that we've all got to work on it. Cause I think about myself and I'm like, you know, there's a lot of times where there's a, maybe a full, really well researched, flushed out article about something. And I might put that on my reading list for later, but then throughout the day, I'm taking in more of kind of the little bit, the little bits of things. And I'm like kind of pushing off the deeper research until a different time. And sometimes I don't get to it, you know, and that, that concerns me because I like to get the information and I really do want to know these things, but yet it's still easy to just put it on Mm -hmm. the back burner. Yeah. I think, I guess the only advice I would have is to uh, just be aware of what you're consuming and, and what the intention is, because it's easy to specifically when you're dealing with the the media, if we're talking about the media, it's easy to just say, oh, the media is terrible. They're spreading misinformation. But these these situations and these topics are so complex that if there's an hour show, you, you can't get all the information in that hour. Like they couldn't do it if they wanted to. So right. I think, and it's the same as when we were talking about watching uh, the daily show and, and set mm-hmm. comedic satire and stuff like that is you have to know what you're watching and take it with a, a grain of salt and, mm-hmm. and awareness. Because right. if I see, if I see an infographic, I don't assume that I know what it means. I say, oh, that was that infographic. I'm going to have to go research it and Mm -hmm. to know, or I can use that infographic. But if you're going to use that, share it in the context that you got it. I think that's another thing, too. I think a lot of people hear something and then they say, this is the truth, as opposed to kind of sharing it the way you Uh got it. And Uh that this is this is from this source Mm -hmm. and this limited information. I don't know this part of it. Um so, and that's how, that, I mean, that's how I try to, mm, I like to that. share information. And I think yeah. it, it helps just bring an awareness to it because mm-hmm. that's the thing. I think we also try to say like the media is the bad, the bad guy. And it's, it's also half us. Like we, we create right. the media. Oh, humans, yeah, the sure. media doesn't exist without humans. So right. if we change, it's like everything we say with politics, if we change the way we interact and behave with each other and ourselves, all that stuff will change. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I really, I think that that's, that's helpful for me just kind of thinking if there's something that I share and I'm not sure, and I haven't really flushed it out, just saying that and kind of sharing, this is where I got it and and leaving it open for people to interpret themselves. Cause I think that that's, that's how I like to receive my information. I don't want people to necessarily tell me what it means. You know, Mm -hmm. I'd rather get the information and be, be given the information and maybe some options for how to look even further into it. And then I can decide, I think people are are able to come to their own conclusions about things if they're given, um, if they're given information. So I, I like that. I'm going to definitely start kind of trying to, when I do, cause oftentimes I just won't share a lot of things. You know, I find myself seeing things and saying, well, I don't really know. I don't know enough about this and I'm not going to research it right now. So I just won't share, but it, there's certain things where I would like to, but, um, 
that's a that's a good way so thanks thank you <laughs> um because yeah, it's frustrating it, you know it is. it's a frustrating process it's like i'm trying to you know consume this stuff and, and stay involved and find a way to kind of you know speak on things that i think are are helpful but it's also that balance of like i don't want to participate in the you know problem and share misinformation or you know kind of uh, yeah so yeah i think it also helps in uh in convincing others and having uh, a more mindful dialogue because what what shocks a lot of, in interactions I have, what I see a lot of people get shocked by is someone will present and they'll be debating me on something and they'll present mm-hmm. um, a piece of information that I'm unsure about. And mm-hmm. I'll say, okay, let hold up. Like let me- you, I don't, I don't know this. You, you may be completely right. I'm have to go look, look at this and I'll like share what, what I find if that's valid mm-hmm. or not. And, mm-hmm. What that does is it, it, I think it's surprising because most people just argue and they don't, right. they don't, they're not, it shows that you're willing to accept new information if it's valid. If it's valid, um, yeah. And that your mind's potentially going to be changed. And I think mm-hmm. we're not used to engaging with, in situations where people are willing to do that. Yeah, yeah. Because I think even when it does happen, the normally when you get into those debates, it's so emotional that in the debate, you're not willing to budge. And then maybe there was information that kind of seeps in days Mm -hmm. later or hours Mm -hmm. later after it's already over. Right. Um, But to actually be able to stop in the conversation and say, especially I'll do it even too. If, if everything in my being tells me that it's ridiculous, (laughs) but you know, if I haven't looked it up, ridiculous things happen so i'm not going to make the assumption just because i don't like hearing it right um and i'll always follow up with what Mm -hmm. and then you get mixed reactions when you follow up depending on how you deal with it and where the temperament of the person you're talking to Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. and i normally will just say this is what i found and i'll send the information i normally Mm -hmm. don't try to say like you were wrong or whatever this is just what i found on that and normally it is I try never to 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 push an article or a video or any narrative that says you were wrong. What mm-hmm. I try to do because normally it's that they've narrowed their focus and aren't right. seeing the full picture. So that's what I try to do. I'll say, "Oh, what you're saying is actually valid, but it's not taking into about? consideration this 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 and this." Right. And right. I mean, it sometimes it doesn't mindful. Yeah. yeah. And it for people who are ready and willing to accept new information, it puts their their walls come down a little bit more and they're more likely to take that new information. For people who have their walls up and they're not coming down for anything, it, it's not going to get through. And you just right. kind of have to also be mindful that that's the reality. Yeah, that people are where they, they are as well. Yeah. I like that. That's very helpful the, for me because, like I said, I've avoided a lot of these conversations. <laughs> Yeah, because the last thing I'll I'll mention was there was this article that I've seen a lot of people posting about. Um, oh, what is it called? Um, it was basically about how if if we can't agree to be compassionate, then I have nothing left to say to you. And and it was it was cited as it was obviously a liberal who put it and was basically mm-hmm. framing it in if you're if you don't support minimum wage, if you don't support these things that are compassionate and if you don't believe in the underneath it was, if you don't believe that mm. we should be compassionate and helping Towards others, other people, then right. I, I, there's really nothing more for me 
to say. We just think we have opposing worldviews and there's not really, there's probably not going to be a useful dialogue. And I posted it um, and I had one comment about, well, that's not, that person's not being empathetic because just because someone doesn't agree with minimum wage doesn't mean they're being apathetic, which is Mm -hmm. completely true. But Mm -hmm. I think what I loved about that article is when you go, when you're focusing on interacting with empathy, the, the conversations change. So if yeah. you're with someone who's um, against the against universal health care because they don't trust the government, let's say mm-hmm. that, and that's their big thing, they don't trust the government, um, and you're, you're for it, the reason they're doing it is not because they're not compassionate. And if you have that conversation of, okay, so if we both want the most people to have coverage, mm-hmm, how do we do mm-hmm. that? And right. if our government was having that conversation, it it would be a totally different ballgame because totally. when it, when I think about what Democrats are, are supposed to stand for, what Republicans are supposed to stand for, and I'm I'm reducing this to mm-hmm. I'm over, making a reduction so here, yeah. um, that the Democrats really believe that government is meant to be a force for the people. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's the, the federal government and mm-hmm. Republicans uh, and, and yeah, this oversimplification, but are more for state rights. Mm-hmm. And me personally, I I'm much more progressive where I believe that the the I believe in an effective government. Um, do we have one right now? Uh, that's a different debate, but okay. I believe that it's possible and that's mm-hmm. the best thing for the benefit of a, a full society. Mm-hmm. But I've also said, I also see the debate for, especially in our country, for state rights, because sometimes mm-hmm. getting things done at the state level first is the incentive for the federal government and for it to gain momentum. Mm-hmm. But we don't really have those actual conversations about how we best advance things because the conversation isn't about how we best help ever the Everybody. citizens. It's right. about how we gain more power and all these uh-huh. this political agendas and all this other right. stuff that distracts from us actually doing what the government was established to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my tirade on that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have anything else you would like to add? I don't think so. I think I feel I feel like we we talked about the the parts of it that I think are important. I mean just the just the I think just even getting that word out there misinformation. I feel like there's a lot of like kind of buzzwords right now that are getting a lot of a lot of uh a lot of discussion. And so I think misinformation needs to be one and people just need to be aware, like, okay, maybe this is a fact, but also there's probably a lot of other facts that are involved that will, that will help you have a more, um, more, you know, a real understanding of the issue. So going back to that quote of actually being able to have, um, have all of the information so you, so you can understand it. So. Awesome. So for homework, ah, uh, yes, homework. what I would, actually love is for people to share it's a it's a two-parter it's intense um just reflect and share where you find yourself being apathetic and Mm -hmm. where you find Mm -hmm. yourself being empathetic 
Um, and I think just, I mean, share it on our wall mm-hmm. if you would like to. Um, it's uh, Mindfulness in Action Civil Discourse is our Facebook group. Um, you can share it on Twitter, on our Facebook page, or just do the work to self-reflect mm-hmm. for yourself. Because I think yeah. that's always what's, I don't want to say most valuable, because sometimes sharing it and getting other people's feedback is variable or mm-hmm. is valuable. And with the the Facebook group in particular, it is monitored by us. And the, yes. the whole point of it is to be uh, a mindful space. So it very much is um, as much as Facebook can be. Um, we're trying to make it a safe and yes. mindful space. So there will be no attacking of views or anything that you see right. on a lot of other all throughout Facebook and Twitter. Yes, yes, in a lot of other spaces. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, have a great week, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.